Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Louisiana continues to rank behind almost every other state in the country in terms of its educational outcomes across the board from pre-K through post-secondary. But buried under those bad stats are some bright spots, success stories of programs and schools that are finding ways to prepare students and train them for the jobs of the future. Joining me to discuss this is Tina Holland, president and CEO of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, better known as FranU. Tina came to FranU in April 2014 from Notre Dame, Indiana, where she had served as executive vice president and provost of Holy Cross College. In the years since, she has overseen an aggressive and successful expansion of FranU, which was founded a century ago and was Our Lady of the Lake Nursing College when Tina came to the city. Today it is a fully accredited university with three schools and new certificate, undergraduate, and graduate degree programs, some of which Tina has created. She also is overseeing the development of FranU's first freestanding building, which will give the university a new level of autonomy. Tina is a native of New Jersey and a former intelligence officer in the U.S. Marine Corps, who brings an extraordinary knowledge and skill set to a position that requires navigating the turbulent waters of not only higher education and the Catholic Church, but politics as well. Tina, it is wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks very much for having me. <laughs> With me and Tina at the table is Christine Merchant, World Language Coordinator with the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, where she has been a foreign language instructor for more than 42 years. Christina was the first and only person to hold the position of World Language Coordinator, which entails coordinating 103 teachers in 37 schools that teach world languages to the parish's students. Her specialty is French, and she has developed teaching curriculums that are used by the state's Department of Education. She has also created foreign language immersion camps for Baton Rouge, and she has worked as a translator and a cultural liaison for just a variety of organizations. Christine, thank you so much for joining me on Out to Lunch today. And we should mention that EBR Schools is a proud sponsor of Out to Lunch Baton Rouge. And this is so much fun to have both of you ladies here today. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. Yeah. Muchas gracias. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Well, Tina, I want to start with you because Fran Yu has had such an incredible evolution and really under the past eight years under your leadership. Y'all have done so much. Tell people just real quick, sort of what's the what's the overview of everything that goes on there in terms of academic programs? Yes, uh, well, we're primarily um, in the area of healthcare professional development and uh, professional degree programs. 
I, though we do continue to have one certificate program in, in phlebotomy, we um, have increased the number of and types of programs that we offer based upon what the needs are in the community, whether it's healthcare or something else. Um, we are a Catholic institution with a Franciscan tradition founded by the Franciscan missionaries of Our Lady. So there's more than training going on, there's also formation. So the healthcare professionals, uh, the nurses, PAs, nurse practitioners, nurse anesthetists, physical therapists, and so forth, are more than professionally um, highly competent. They also are formed in a certain way to provide services that are going to be qualitatively different than simply one who is learning the professional competencies. They're expected to be integrated thinkers, people who know how to make connections among seemingly unrelated types of topics so that they become good and creative problem solvers. And they're meant to be faith-filled citizens who are committed to their community, to serve beyond what they do at work every day, but to become um, really strong contributors to the advancement of their communities. And especially in the healthcare field, when you're dealing with people on such a personal level every day, sometimes people very sick, yes. it's really nice to know that they're coming with that sort of informed perspective to, to try to recognize their patients as human beings. Yes, you hit, on, you hit on something really important, and that is that a Franciscan education is relationship-based. So everything, all growth happens through relationship. And um, it cannot simply be a transactional kind of process for educating um, somebody at FranU. We expect that both the faculty member and the student are transformed as a result of the educational process. So it's an ongoing educational growth process for the faculty member, for the administrator, and of course, for the student. You make it sound easy. The next question, I'm going to ask you how you do it, but I want to bring Christine into the conversation first. Christine, and, and you have such a beautiful accent. Um, tell us a little bit about how you came here briefly. Your resume says you came with Codafil, which is something I used to hear about a lot growing up. I think a lot of people probably don't remember what Codafil was or is. If it's okay, yeah, Codafil is still strong and alive. It stands for the, in French, it says Le Conseil pour le Développement du Français en Louisiane, or the Council for the Development of French in Louisiane. And I came in 1974. Oh, okay, I should say I was in <laughs> a toddler. <laughs> and uh, I came just for one year. And that year turned into my entire professional life. We do still keep recruiting teachers. As I was saying earlier, I don't know if I say from France, from Belgium, and even, and even now, even if it's not, it's indirectly under code of fear, but we do recruit also from Mexico, from Spain, from Costa Rica. So it's going very strong, yeah. To promote uh, world languages or specifically French? So initially, Godofil was to promote French. And you know, with the story of Cajun, of those course. poor Cajun who've been told you will not speak French on the playground over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to revitalize, resuscitate, I don't know if I should say resuscitate, but the French language without imposing our French so-called standard, but just working together with those Cajun people, letting them know that 
what they are speaking is fine, even if it's different, we still can communicate. We want to give them that motivation to be proud of their language, of their heritage, of their music and everything, because they have developed some kind of a complex. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think Cajun music is being spread all over. So we want to work hand in hand with them and say, Louisiana, if there is one state in the United States where French has to be celebrated, it's Louisiana, because Louisiana is not to me a part of America, it is Louisiana. <laughs> and then as world language coordinator of the school system, you help coordinate, like I said, all yeah, these I dozens help, of programs. Identifying where the needs are, I work with the principal, I ask what language would they would like, and of course a lot of time, being French, I'm going to be, it's going to be hard for me to be totally objective, I'm trying to push French, 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 but uh, we have uh, strong, uh, I don't want to say tsunami, but I'm going to say a lot of Hispanic people coming and the demand is for Spanish. Yes. So it's a little bit um, delicate, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, I'm still fighting hard. I love Spanish, I speak Spanish, you know, and I think those two languages are very similar because they have the same root, the Latin root. So um, we have a lot of Spanish teachers and some French teachers in the district, yes. Very good. Well, Tina, talking about, about students, how many students do you have at Fran U right now and where are the bulk of them concentrated? They're primarily in the healthcare fields? Yes, they are primarily in the healthcare fields, probably about in the high 80%. Um, but those who are in the arts and sciences are primarily in the sciences. Though we serve um, the church in our uh, theology program, and we also are meeting the needs of the community in um, uh, ABA therapy through a psychology program. Uh, there's business and health administration, and a master's wow. in health administration, and then the bulk of the, um, you know, of course, biology and and uh, biological sciences, bio premed. And many of those students then move into uh, graduate level programs that are clinical in nature, uh, the PA program and the DPT program. But the bulk of the students, and there's uh, between um, 12 and 1300 students total, undergraduate and graduate, the bulk of the students are, are in um, the healthcare fields. And who are you competing against or with? Um, for for your undergrads, let's say. I mean, are you going after four-year mm -hmm. undergraduates who might be considering LSU or Southeastern or right. Holy Cross University in New Orleans? Well, because um, here in Louisiana, the, the higher education market is very different than what I've experienced in other places uh, in the country, and that uh, folks tend not to um, go very far for their schooling, and uh, so we don't really compete with... Um, Holy Cross, we actually, interestingly enough, we actually collaborate um, among the privates throughout the state. But uh, Holy Cross and Fran, you actually have a, um, a quite close uh, relationship in that the president at Holy Cross and I serve on one another's boards of trustees, actually. Um, we actually compete for undergraduate students with the public universities, mostly LSU and, and Southeastern. Mm -hmm. um, and that is because the market is such that there's tremendous price sensitivity here in Louisiana. And um, the student 
um, financial aid uh, benefits, especially TOPS, is done very differently than in most other states, and students don't get a certain amount based solely on merit and or um, financial need. It's really more based on where they go to school. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a bit of a uh, financial penalty for Louisiana students to attend a private university, which is not nonsensical, like, right? right? <laughs> Doesn't seem rather than the money going to the student and allowing the student to choose how they want to use um, whatever aid they receive. So it's a really very different way that um, things are done here. Hmm. So price sensitivity is, is quite the uh, issue for us. So we do land up competing with the publics. And then we land up getting tremendous numbers of transfers from the publics in, um, in, in later years. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Tina Holland of Fran U and Christine Merchant of EBR Schools. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from Adeta Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting, Corette Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, HR NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th, Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, the Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and the Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Tina Holland of Fran U and Christine Merchant of EBR Schools. Christine, um, your students in, in the public school system in Baton Rouge, are they required to take foreign language? And, and is it a two-year requirement yeah, Normally they're even required students? to take world language at the elementary level with the Bulletin 741. Um, do they get to choose at the elementary level, or do most schools just teach them Spanish? We would like for them to take, take equally French or Spanish, but a lot of time when I approach the principal and I offer to offer, I mean, to I suggest French language, the person will say, "Oh, but the parents would like Spanish." Mm -hmm. I think they see more a, a useless. I mean, uh, useful things. Sure. You know, they will choose Spanish because they need Spanish. They will choose French because they want French. And normally, uh, every middle school and high school will offer French and Spanish. Some will offer, we have, uh, I would like to speak about a very special program here in East Baton Rouge. It's the FLAME program, the Foreign Language Academic Immersion Magnet. And when we say immersion program, that means the students starting in kindergarten will receive instruction of all the subjects, math, science, social studies, in a target language of the choice of their parents. They will choose either the track in Spanish, in French, or in Mandarin. That's amazing. I will invite you strongly to come and visit Flame and see the amazing things that are happening in that public school in the district. And then, and then I know other cities also have these type of immersion programs. How, how much of a difference does it make in the lives of these students, right? What do they do? Are they that much more 
successful when they get out in terms of their additional academic careers or job yes, searches? Yes, they will perform better in English. They will perform better in math. They will be bilingual or trilingual. And it show, research shows that it does something to your brain. It gives your brain some muscular strength. They will be very strong in problem solving because they are constantly, I mean, because they still have an hour and a half of English every day, beside the fact that they learn math, science, social study through the Spanish, French, or Mandarin language. And it's just amazing. Remember, how did you learn English? Your parents talked to you, right? Just you were in immersion. Nobody yeah. translate for you. You were exposed. You listen. You listen. You understand. You the the, the environment, and that's it. So in kindergarten, they learn the same thing. If you speak French, they're going to learn French. If you speak Spanish, they are sponges. I mean, there's no issue. It is so magic. It is really a magical thing. And I think we underestimate the potential of the human brain. And also, it's an incredible investment, a long term, because money-wise, if you are bilingual or trilingual, trilingual, would I say you're going to to get a double salary or triple salary? For sure, you will get more money. And with the global society and world that we are living in, it is indispensable. I know American, you don't think, and America is beautiful. I've been living here for many years. I love this country. But Americans need to learn a second or third language. Because even if a lot of people do speak English, when you speak the language of the customer, you can get things that you don't get through uh, English. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember there was a businessman, he was a, um, a Japanese man, uh, man, and he was asked, what do you think is the best language to learn? And he said, the language of your customer. Such a good so point. So for business purposes and everything, it is really right now an indispensable yeah. and a vital skill that we should give our students. And as we talk about business and jobs, Tina, there's so much demand in the healthcare field especially today and, and nursing, yes. nursing especially. Are you all seeing that and are we graduating enough students to meet that demand? Uh, Yes, we are seeing it. You'd have to be blind not to see the demand for uh, healthcare professionals, especially nurses, and I would have to add respiratory therapists, uh, um, ra- radiological technicians, and others. Um, yes, the need is, is tremendous, and no, we don't graduate enough. Does that translate to we don't have enough programs? No. It just means that we are not um, maximizing our capacity, and um, we really need to, uh, I think, do a much better job of educating our young people with regard to what are the broad, broad opportunities for meeting the needs, not just in healthcare, but across all uh, sectors, um, and what are those opportunities, and what are the competencies and, um, that are involved. I love what Christina said about foreign languages, and you might say, well, what does that have to do with healthcare? Well, we talk about an integrated thinker and students who have that broader base education, who speak more than one language, who understand how languages are structured, also then understand how other things are structured, and also have cultural competencies that are necessary for them to be able to serve others, as you call the customer. 
And Correct. I would add that it was also has to do with, um, you know, being able to communicate. I said, are, we are relationship-based. You, to build that relationship, you need to speak the language of the other, mm -hmm. whether that be your formal language or just simply in the connotation of the same language. Um, and I'll just give a little story. Our new building is, is being finished and there are a number of Latino um, workers and I speak Spanish. I'm, and so I always like to visit with them and talk a little bit about um, the good work they're doing, how are they doing, where are they from, where are their families. And it is remarkable what that uh, does for the spring in their step or whatever, <laughs> but it's for what it does for me to be able to connect with the human person who's building this building that sure. we have been waiting for for so long. That this is not just bricks and mortar. This is this is something that was put together through the work and sweat of human beings. That is such a great point. That really is. And y'all are both doing such great work, but you also have really interesting backgrounds that I think, you know, brought you to where you are. Christine, you, you grew up in France? Yes. In, uh, in I was born in Paris, mm -hmm. and I grew up in the southern part of France, in Montpellier, next Lovely. to the Med La Mer Méditerranée. <laughs> next to the Méditerranée. And so what made you want to come here through the Côte program back in the 70s? Do I have to be honest? Yes. <laughs> I didn't make that choice. My mother did that for me. <laughs> she was working with the, in the State Department of Foreign Affairs in Paris, and um, she always wanted me to travel, and she said, why don't you go to improve your English? Just go there to Louisiana. It sounds great. So she did all the thing, and one day I found myself in a plane going to Louisiana. <laughs> so that's the way it happened. And um, at the same time, I was away from her, but uh, she wanted me to be happy to get better, to improve my English, to travel, to become, to grow professionally. Uh, and um, I thank her for that. And because my adventure with Louisiana has been a beautiful one. I loved everything I've done. And uh, try uh, sharing my culture, my language, especially in Louisiana. And uh, as you were talking earlier, Tina, about connection and relationship, I think that's a very, very important part of our job and my passion also I think you need passion to accomplish anything well uh, have going to work every day and enjoying going to work that's that's a fabulous thing and when to go back to bounce on what you were saying Tina a while ago I remember there's a quotation that say when you talk the language of the person you're speaking with you don't just reach their head you reach their heart that's beautiful and it's uh, an incredible and not too long ago, and I'm not going to say, but there was a little conference with one of our foreign teachers. And she was just with the, the administrator speaking in English and everything was fine. Then I pop into the office. She was a French teacher. And I just start talking with her in French. The minute I start speaking French, she start crying. Oh. It was instant. Yeah. That instant connection. And before she was fine, and the minute she saw me coming in and heard me speaking French, she just started crying. So it's so, so important to, oh. to speak the language of the person that you're interacting with. And with uh, yesterday I was with some family, Spanish family, and the minute you start speaking Spanish with them, 
the eyes start sparkling. They have a big smile. I mean, they become, it's like <laughs> you're plugging some kind of electricity. They just become alive. That's wonderful. Yeah. And Tina, you grew up in, in South Jersey. Yeah. Right. And then you, um, you were in the Marine Corps. How did that, and then you ended up with a PhD in higher education. Yes, that's an interesting story. I've been really blessed. Um, I grew up in, um, in South Jersey, went to uh, an inner city high school, but um, was blessed with a, um, a, a pretty highly demanding um, family, uh, parents who expected um, that we would work hard and um, make the most out of the um, education that we had. Um, I went from there to uh, Annapolis as a, it was early on when the um, academies were beginning to accept women. And I saw that as an opportunity to uh, get out of New Jersey, really, <laughs> and expand my horizons, go on a little adventure. So I was in the fourth class of women um, at the Naval Academy, and it was really a wonderful adventure. It was a great opportunity. The military opened up all kinds of doors. I chose the Marine Corps and was an aviation intelligence officer, uh, and that allowed me to travel. Um, I took my Puerto Rican Spanish that I learned in, um, in the South Jersey Shore and cleaned it up while I was at Annapolis. I was sent to um, uh, Spain and to Mexico and to parts of Central America that were a little bit um, uh, challenging at the time, Nicaragua and El Salvador. Um, and then uh, I, was, I took my commission in the Marine Corps as an intelligence officer and was a Latin American specialist. Um, uh, really had a, a, a wonderful and challenging time, but then got out of the Marine Corps and uh, started, we married my husband, also a Marine officer and a classmate of mine, and started a family, uh, got into teaching, discovered I was uh, uh, really good at teaching math. Uh, because I would speak the language of the students, get into their heads and find out how they understood things so that I could actually get across them. So that in, in foreign language, you know, sometimes we say if you don't understand somebody, then the person will just speak slower and louder <laughs> and not really use the... And when we're teaching mathematics that way, we're teaching it slower and louder and it's just not getting through right. to the students. So we have to find another language, so to speak, to, to meet the student where they are and teach them the mathematics. I found that without any teaching instruction, um, no methods teaching, that I was able to meet the student where they were, teach them the, the mathematics language that made sense to them, and um, they were able to be successful. That got me into education. I wandered into, uh, uh, my husband was stationed on an independent tour in Indiana. I ended up in a two-year um, Catholic um, school that um, the president mentored me. I was there for 24 years from adjunct mathematics professor on to executive vice president. So, so. fantastic. Well, Tina Holland and Christine Merchant, I wish we had more time to visit because you both have such wonderful stories and I'm so glad that your world travels have brought you here to Baton Rouge 
It's very inspirational what you were doing to help raise the level of education for students in our community, whether K through 12, college, or postgraduate. So thank you both so much for all your hard work and for taking time to visit with us today on Out Lunch. Mm, merci beaucoup. Muchas gracias. It's been a delight. Che, Thank, che. You. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. <laughs> My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Tina Holland of Fran U and Christine Merchant of the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. We had to edit this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited version and learn more about Fran U and EBR schools by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at, at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Passion Lily, Fair Trade Fashion, 831 Charter Street, or passionlily.com and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma more information at ebrschools.org Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.